Welcome to the 90-Minute School Day Podcast, where we explore the world of homeschooling and share valuable insights to support you on your journey. I'm Kelly Edwards, and in this episode, we will be delving into the confusing world of homeschool jargon. If you've ever felt like you needed a dictionary to navigate through the terms we use as homeschoolers, you are not alone. From different homeschooling approaches to a plethora of unique terms, we will demystify it all so that you can feel more confident in your homeschooling adventure. School is out. Natural learning is in. Hey there, I am Kelly Edwards, your host of this podcast and creator of the 90-Minute School Day. This is not your typical homeschooling podcast. Here, you will find out-of-the-box stories from the trenches, trainings, tools, and tips to guide you forward. Yes, I like alliteration. We will also share results and mindset shifts to support you in your journey of living and learning alongside your out-of-the-box neurodiverse kids. I'm so glad you're here. Understanding different homeschooling approaches. As homeschoolers, we have the freedom to choose from various educational philosophies. Let's explore some of the common homeschooling approaches and what they entail. The very first one I want to cover today is traditional homeschooling. When you hear this term, it's referring to the style that mirrors traditional school methods at home with structured lesson plans and textbooks. This is also known as school at home. The next type of homeschooling you may have heard about is classical homeschooling. This method emphasizes the study of classical literature, history, and the trivium, which is the three stages that classical homeschoolers learn in, grammar, logic, and rhetoric stages. Charlotte Mason homeschoolers. These homeschoolers focus on children as born persons. This philosophy uses living books, not twaddle, narration, habit training, nature studies, and short lessons to nurture a child's natural love of learning. Montessori. Montessori centers around respecting the child, following the child in a prepared environment full of hands-on learning, modeling, collaboration, child-led exploration, and a prepared environment to foster independence. Waldorf uses and values creative and holistic education. They emphasize on storytelling, being low-tech, using natural materials, and the arts in imaginative play. Reggio Emilia encourages experiential learning and artistic expression, often in a project-based collaborative setting. The adults guide the learning, collaborate, and facilitate group projects and communication. Project-based learning, also known as unit studies, develops knowledge and skills around a challenge or problem in real life that intersects with meaningful interests. Student voice and choice are elevated along with collaboration, design, plan, 
reflection, revision, and product. Eclectic homeschooling. This is a flexible mix of various methods listed above, and resources are tailored to the unique needs of each child. And the last method I'm going to cover today is unschooling. This emphasizes learning through, through self-direction and life experiences, fostering deep intention, and allowing children to pursue their passions with as much freedom as the parents can bear. And so those are kind of the most common types of homeschooling you will hear. As you listen to these methods of homeschooling, like me, I'm sure you heard a lot of shared values. Those, to me, are things that we should especially pay attention to because they cross over from methodology to methodology, which to me tells me that those things work and those things would be very important to make a priority in my homeschool. Do you like learning with me on the podcast? Consider joining the waitlist for guide training. This cohort coaching series meets twice a year in the fall and spring. We gather here together, learning in community, to be a guide, not a teacher. Guides don't do it for you. They help you do it for yourself. Guides go with you. Guides lead when it gets tricky and confidence is lost. They hold your hand when you need it. They walk beside you in relationship. Guides follow and cheer you on as you lead the way. Get the guidance you need to guide your homeschool. Learn more about guide training and join the waitlist by clicking the link in the show notes. All right, let's go into the second part of our homeschool jargon episode, where we will talk about homeschooling terminology. These are more technical terms that you will hear, more governmental terms, uh, and we will just talk through those briefly before moving into homeschool ease, speaking the um, everyday language of homeschooling. And homeschooling terminology, this jargon you might come across is homeschool. Homeschool is educating children at home, often with parent-led instruction. De-schooling. This is a topic I talk about a lot. This is the process of transitioning from traditional schooling to home learning and letting go of traditional mindsets. This is a deprogramming or a detox process of moving from top-down external motivation and instead towards bottom-up, interest-led, child-led, intrinsic motivation and meaning. School at home. This is homeschooling that closely follows the structure of traditional school with rigid schedules and curriculum. State curriculum. These are the educational standards and guidelines set by the state for homeschooled students. So it's fam- you need to be familiar, if you're just starting homeschooling, what these are. Portfolio, a collection of students' work and progress throughout the year, often required for evaluation or assessments. Testing, testing is assessments and evaluations that are used to gauge a student's academic progress and understanding. These are your bubble tests. The Board of Education is the governing body responsible for overseeing education in a particular area. Notice of intent. This is a formal declaration of intent, a letter, if you will, that you are homeschooling, and it's often required by state or regional regulators. 
dual enrollment. When a homeschool student takes courses at a college or university, it earns both high school and college credit. This is usually for ages 16 and up. Co-op. A co-op is a cooperative group of homeschooling families who come together to share teaching duties and resources. Curriculum. Curriculum is an overall plan and content used for teaching and learning and homeschooling. That's what curriculum really means, but often in homeschooling circles, you you hear curriculum and what we're really talking about is a boxed curriculum where everything you need is open and shut, ready to go. Curriculum is really a tool that we can adapt and use. It is not something that we have to follow as like it's the Lord and master. It is something that we use as a tool. Boxed curriculum. This is a complete homeschooling curriculum package, as I just mentioned, usually containing all the necessary materials and lesson plans for a specific grade or subject. Umbrella schools. This is something you don't hear as frequently, but these are organizations that provide support and oversight to homeschooling families, often assisting with record keeping and compliance with state regulations. All right, let's get into Homeschool ease, speaking the language, the conversational language of industry terms homeschoolers use. The first one is everybody's favorite, and it's socialization. Socialization is simply the process by which homeschoolers or anyone develop social skills and interact with peers and the community. When we talk about homeschool and socialization on this podcast, we will always be dispelling the myth that homeschoolers lack socialization. Homeschoolers are very social and socialized. Okay, strewing. Strewing is a term that introduces interesting and educational materials or resources in the learning environment. And this is done to pique a child's curiosity and encourage self-directed explanation. For example, I may leave a book out on my coffee table and I just may leave it open. And perhaps my child will come by and get into that book just because it's lying open. Or maybe I start a set of blocks, but I don't finish it. Or perhaps I have left out a puzzle and there are a few pieces that are already completed. These are also called play invitations. And the important part about strewing is to let go of any expectations on how the child will use the material and allow them to use whatever you've strewn however they see fit with you know safety boundaries and property damage boundaries put into place. But that is what strewing is, and it's really a valuable tool to have in your homeschool. Morning time. I talked about morning time in another episode, and it's part of the 90-minute school day. But morning time can mean a lot of different things to different people. I think the best generalization is that it is a daily gathering where the family comes together for various activities pertinent to that homeschool that often may include reading, poetry, singing, or discussing current events. Game schooling. This is using board games, card games, educational games as primary teaching tools to foster learning in a fun and interactive way. If you haven't done some game schooling, I highly recommend it. World schooling. This is educating children through immersive travel experiences and exposure to different cultures and locations around the world. So you can have a full-time world schooler where the family has picked up and is just globe trotting, 
or you can just world school when you go out into the world and enjoy a family vacation. Road schooling or car schooling. These are conducting lessons while traveling in a vehicle. For road schooling, it's often in an RV and it allows learning opportunities on the road. Car schooling is a term that I use for what we do. Tuesdays are our errand days, and so we are running around all over the place. We're often listening to an audiobook. My children pack things to do in the car, whether they're formal lessons or activities that they've chosen. I call that car schooling. Nature schooling. This is learning that primarily takes place outdoors in nature, utilizing the environment as a classroom for hands-on experiences. Map work. Map work engages in activities involving maps to learn geography, history, and navigation skills. Many homeschoolers will trace maps and memorize. Um, one way that I love to do map work in our homeschool is when we are learning about a region, we will often build a salt dome map. And so that is a really hands-on fun way that my kids enjoy building and learning about the topography, and then they get to paint it after it dries. So it's a super fun way to approach map work. Read aloud. Again, reading aloud is very common, and if you do nothing else in your homeschool but read aloud, your child will have a world-class education. The read aloud is a practice of reading a book out loud to children. It promotes a love of literature and language development. Poetry tea time. You hear this a lot in homeschooling circles, particularly with Julie Bogart. And this combines poetry reading with a tea time ritual to make poetry more enjoyable and accessible for children. This can be lemonade and cookies. Copy work. Copy work is the practice of copying sentences or passages from literature or other educational sources to improve handwriting, grammar, and spelling skills. This is a great tool for language arts if you do nothing else, and then do it with your children so it doesn't become a chore or a task. And pick whatever. Have your child pick. You pick. Make it fun. And it, again, always follow my advice that if there is resistance, just let it go for that day. Dictation. This is a language arts exercise where a child listens to a sentence that you read or a passage, and then they write it down, and it helps to develop listening and writing skills. The child can also look at this ahead of time and see what they remember. There's different ways to do dictation. Again, this should be fun and invitational. If there's resistance, don't push it that day. The last term is a fun one, but you hear it often, is second breakfast. As homeschoolers, our children are around all the time and they're always hungry. I can't tell you how many days I feel they, mom, can I get something to eat? So second breakfast is a fun term to kind of conclude this homeschool jargon episode here on the 90 minute school day podcast. As a fellow homeschooling parent, I remember how overwhelming all of these terms seemed when I first started. I wanted that dictionary. Terms like portfolio and notice of intent left me feeling lost. With time and research, I did gain the confidence to navigate this homeschooling world and all of their terms. And if you're feeling unsure, remember that it's okay to take it one step at a time. Google is your friend. You can always reach out to me here on the podcast and embrace the learning process for both yourself and your children. Do you enjoy listening to other homeschoolers share their stories and ask their questions? If you're like me, 
This is how you find new resources and perhaps experience new revelations. It is my deepest desire to share your story and your arrival to homeschooling, the struggles you've experienced, and also why you're still homeschooling. I'd love to elevate your family's unique learning journey for all of us to hear and learn from. I truly believe we have more in common than we have differences, and sharing our individual struggles and strengths is a way we can grow in empathy and understanding of one another, perhaps even inspiring a new avenue of learning to embark on in our own learning lives. So let us hear from you. Click the link in the show notes and leave me a voicemail and be part of a future episode. There's one thing I want to leave with you today as we're talking about all these homeschooling terms. And this is something practical and actionable that I always want to leave my listeners with on these podcasts. I would like to provide you with expert insight and resources for the road ahead. If you are a new homeschooler or a homeschooler that's been homeschooling for a while and you're looking to pivot, then there are eight essential things you need to homeschool. This is all you need to homeschool. And the best part about all of this is it's free. The number one thing you need to homeschool is relationship with your child. Prioritize this. If relationship is not going well that day, do what you can to make the repairs, give yourself and your child the space you need, and pick up learning on another day when relationship is restored. The second thing you need, the essential things for homeschooling, is observation, observation, observation. We say where location, location, location in the real estate industry And I like to say observation, observation, observation in the homeschooling industry, if you will. And this is simply the best tool you have as the parent to be able to guide your homeschool and your children is to sit back and watch. So if you're having that hard day where relationship has been a struggle, just everybody needs to do what will help regulate their nervous systems and their emotions, and then sit back and watch what restores your child, what they choose to do to regulate themselves. Go back and do a little journaling on what happened that morning and maybe the day before that led to this break in relationship. This type of observation will help you know where not to go and also the things to dig into that naturally restore and regulate your child. The third thing you need, the essential things you need to homeschool, is emotional and nervous system regulation. We kind of have already talked about that. But prioritizing everyone's emotional state will help keep them from going into like a nervous system burnout, which is when they're in their lowest brain state, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So when we see emotions, when we hear whining, when there's crying, we need to do what we can to reestablish connection and relationship and peace in the home. And sometimes that takes a day or two days. That is the priority. Everyone needs to be in a calm and regulated state, which doesn't happen that often. (laughs) So I know how it goes. But prioritizing that repair work is going to make your homeschooling life so much smoother than just trying to grind through a lesson plan that perhaps you wanted to accomplish. The fourth essential thing you can use in your homeschool is communication. So again, one of the things that I like to use is I statements. If I am getting dysregulated, I model what that looks like in a healthy way. 
saying, I am dysregulated right now. I need a moment before I answer that question, get that snack or do this task. Can you give me a moment, please? I'm going to take some deep breaths. And then obviously explaining to your children in another point of time, what dysregulation is. So communication is vital in those moments, but then communication is how we learn. So you learn in those moments, but you're also learning as you're discussing a read aloud, as your child asks you questions throughout the day and you're responding. This is all communication that is the number one way we learn is because it's fueled by relationship with the, which is the number one essential item you need. All right, the next essential item is quiet time. I am such a big proponent of a two hour quiet time every single day. There is a link in the show notes for a free training for that quiet time. And you can reach out to me for more. I also cover this in guide training, and that is a guided uh, group homeschool training session that I offer twice a year. Those links are in the show note. Quiet time needs to be two hours because one of the hours you will fill with all the dishes and little tidying things that you need to do when the kids are not around. And the second hour is just for you, for you to do something that reminds you that you are your own individual besides mom or dad. All right. The next thing on the essential list of what you need to homeschool is shop your house. There are all sorts of beautiful homeschooling materials that we see on social media and other places, and those are great. If you have the resources and you would like to acquire those, that is fine. But really, all you need to homeschool are the things you already own by being a family. You have paper, you have pens, markers, pencils, scissors, glue, you have all these items, and then you have some sort of board games, and they have little tiny manipulatives in there. You use those for math, (laughs) and then you have your kitchen, which is the greatest science lab of all time. So use these things that you have in your home. Use little stuff stuffies or little tiny um, toys and your storytelling. Use your books. Use things that you wouldn't think you would use, like beans, to uh, use as math manipulatives. You actually don't need to spend a dime to homeschool, which leads me to my next point, a library card. Use your library, get to know your librarians. If you're looking for in-person community, this is the number one place to go. Your librarians know who the other homeschoolers are because they check out books from the library too. There are so many free resources through our library systems. And then a cool thing is homeschoolers often get extra books added to their accounts. So talk to your librarian about that. You can check out a lot. Get a library card for each of your children. And then the other thing that is good to know about the libraries is you can request books. So if there is a book that you would like to read in your homeschool and they don't have it at the library, the library will often purchase it for you and then they will keep it in their stacks. The last essential thing you need to homeschool is community. Why is community important? Community provides support and encouragement It provides social support and that co-regulation. It provides emotional expression and mirror neurons. Researchers have shown that mirror neurons play a pivotal role in empathetic understanding and emotional expression. So homeschooling parents who actively participate in community are more likely to develop empathetic connections with other parents and children. By witnessing and sharing emotional experiences, parents engage those mirror neurons, leading to improved emotional expression and enhanced emotional regulation. 
So that's just something kind of geeky. I'm kind of geeky like that to note about community, but community also provides a sense of belonging and identity, which is maybe the second most important thing besides regulation. And then community allows us to learn from each other and have, this is so crucial, a perspective shift. So by getting to know other homeschooling parents who live life differently than us, and we have a diverse group of homeschooling parents, we actually grow and expand our own views on things, which is so key in doing in our own lives and then modeling that for our children, for acceptance, for love, for general hospitality, etc. And then there are just hormonal and physiological benefits to having friends. <laughs> so in conclusion, if you don't have an in-person community, look to start one. And if you don't have one and you're not ready to start one just yet, please join our community. I'll have some links in the show notes here and reach out to me for some guidance on how to plug in to a, an online homeschool community. They are so rich. As I conclude this episode, I just really hope that this has been helpful to understand homeschool jargon, and it has been a helpful step forwards in feeling empowered and literate in homeschool ease in your homeschooling journey. We've covered a lot of terms today. Let me know what I've missed or that you think needs to be covered, and maybe I'll do another one of these episodes. I do have a link on my website and in the show notes for you all to ask questions. You can leave me a voicemail, ask questions. You can share a story for me to air on the podcast, or you can provide a tip or a resource that you found invaluable. I really want to elevate homeschool voices from all different areas and communities of homeschooling here on this podcast. So make good use of that voicemail. It's linked in the show notes. And remember, there's no need to feel overwhelmed. Learning about homeschooling is something that will progress naturally and jargon is an ongoing process. Feel free to revisit this episode, ask questions, and connect with my homeschooling community for support. I've included a little PDF. If you're more of a visual person, you can get that printed out. It's in the show notes linked below. So as always, if you have any suggestions for future episodes or questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And thank you for joining me today on the 90 Minute School Day podcast. And until next time, happy homeschooling.